We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andres Hale, producer Cole Bebe, holding it down for us, making sure that we can record from home. Stupid coronavirus. I'm still not testing negative, so I'm not going back into the studio until then. Dre is loving the time at home, I am sure. He is lying on his child currently, saying that his child is yelling. We hear nothing on the audio, sir. He is quiet as a church mouse, the easiest baby in the history of humanity. That is Dre's son. (laughs) Today, it was a boxing show. We promised you this, our last pro wrestling show. It seems as though, even though we have UFC coming up here shortly, that we have to talk wrestling again at some point because we have Cody Rhodes and what the internet is calling the greatest match in the history of greatest match, which is also the greatest fib in the greatest (laughs) hyperbole in the, I mean, real quick, because we're going to talk about this in the pro wrestling show. Listen, I give Cody all the credit in the world for stepping into that match and making what shouldn't have been a match, a match. And it was entertaining. Was it a good match? Yes, it was, but come on guys. I've watched and it's funny because the same people who have been disrespecting Cody in AEW now he's the biggest fan in WWE, like the his biggest fan in WWE. His matches with Sammy Guevara were pretty damn good. That ladder match, yeah, and nobody talks about that. But now this Hell in the Cell match, which didn't even need a sell, first and foremost, is now one of the greatest matches. Come on, guys. Again, people, but we'll get into depth on this. We're, um, we're also gonna talk, we're also gonna talk about Edge on Thursday. It's, yes, I got. Oh. I got thoughts. <laughs> but, you know, as we talk more about Cody, I look more and more right by the day. I've said this for years now. Cody is Triple H, and Triple H he is. And if you give the man a match with a stipulation and no holds barred, he'll do pretty well for himself. If you give him a regular match, I'm going to make a sandwich. So... <laughs> There, you know, Hell in a Cell worked, and, and we'll talk about that, I guess, on the pro wrestling show. Today is boxing. First and foremost, though, Dre, before we get into boxing, which is Devin Haney, Javante uh, Davis, which I think we touched on before, but more updates on speculation where he's going to go, if he's going to stay. We have all that stuff. We have the monster, in a way, 
who fought uh, in Japan. So, so much going on in the boxing world. Brian Garcia has a fight. Talked to uh, Oscar De La Hoya recently, both you and I. So we'll talk about all of that a little later on in the show. But to start off, shout out to Marcus Vandenberg, who's the first, but not the last, to tag us in this tomfoolery that is the Rolling Stones 200 Greatest Hip-Hop Albums of All Time list. Fresh off the press, a couple of hours before we recorded this show. Why, Dre? Why do they continue to do lists? Why? I mean, Doug, they like pissing us off. And <laughs> all right, so work. let's start with Let's start with, this. Work. start with this. Um, some people are like, well, why would you listen to a, a rock magazine's opinion on hip hop? Well, Rolling Stone is a, an authoritative voice in music culture. So when they come out with a list, people listen. That doesn't mean I need to listen, but people listen. And 10 years from now, people look back on these things and they go, oh, well, this is their list. Lists matter by authoritative voices in music culture. And Rolling Stone is one of them. So when they put out a list, you can't disregard it. It exists. Rolling Stone is also, once upon a time, and maybe still today, the epitome of music journalism, to write for Rolling Stone, right? Yep. It's the one outlet that if you wrote for it, hey, man, like Torre wrote for Rolling Stone. I've seen a lot of great writers write for Rolling Stone. So when they put out a list about hip-hop, you damn right I'm going to look at it. But this motherfucking list right here. This list right here? <laughs> this shit is a crime. Like, this, I know we're going to talk about top 10, right? Top Dog, 20. Hold on, Kel. Just hold, just hold on, man. I'm, I have the full list, right? There's some shit that jumps out. The last hot take, the last 20 albums might be just as egregious as the first 20 albums. Because, well, granted, this might be something you listen to. I, I've never heard this album before. The Jacka Tear Gas. I mean, I heard this shit years ago. It, it belongs on nobody's top 200. No. 195 Cupcake with two Ks has an album from 2018. This is the quote they pull. And uh, if anyone has children in the background, cover their ears. This is the quote, though. They wrote this out. Chicago sex rap savants rhymes are devilishly clever and comically over the top. And which I quote, Coochie guaranteed to put you to sleep so damn soon. Riding on the dick, I'm reading Goodnight Moon. She raps on the diabolically playful Duck Duck Goose. Get me the fuck out of here. That's it. That's one of the 200 greatest hip hop albums of all time. Get me the fuck I, out of here, Dre. Dre, no, if Outkast don't got six albums on this list, if every Jay-Z album ever made isn't ahead of a woman who raps about Duck Duck Goose, get me the fuck out of here. Yo, see, so I've gone through the list and I'm trying to remember if if that's on the list, is every Jay Z album on the list, including Kingdom Come? Got it gotta be Kingdom Come is horrible. It's better yeah. than that. Pop Smoke, Meet the Woo is one ninety two, above Live Love ASAP, which I really like that ASAP Rocky album. Um, there's some deep cut Drakeo the Ruler, never heard. I've heard it was twenty eighteen, like it wasn't our twenty eighteen album of the year. So how is it twenty twenty? Um. Or 200 list. There's, I mean, Nipsey Hussle, Crenshaw, okay. There's Capone Noriega, The War Report, 187. It's an too short. Number. Life is too short. Is 186. I mean, like, this shit is crazy. 
Hey, real quick. Hey, if, shout if out you, to Saba for making the list, though. Which one? Care for me? Uh, care for me. 184. Camp Lowe's Uptown Saturday Night is 183. Look, I need you to answer this question. Is Little Brothers the listening on the album, on the list? I'm, go- I'm going through real quick. Camp Low, Uptown Saturday Night is one spot behind Gucci Mane, Chicken Talk. Yes, that's criminal. Um, but I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to keep going down. Go ahead, keep showing the list. So here's my issue. Somebody, uh, we asked in the chat, like, who made this list? And I said, children and dice. And what I meant by that was, <laughs> like, it had to be kids that made this. And somebody had to just roll dice and put a, a song on here. And it was like, oh, seven, that, that album makes it to 107. I, 172, not, sorry, Dre. 172 is Flo Millie. Ho, why is you here? Look, look. Man. Over Camp Low. Look. Over Cameron Purple Haze is Flo Millie's Ho, why is you here? Here's an issue, right? somebody. Hip hop is now reaching its, well, its third generation, right? Of kids who grew up on hip hop. Like I grew up on hip hop and the generation after me grows up on hip hop and these kids grow up on hip hop. Now that means you have about, what is that? 40 years of hip hop, roughly a little over 40 years. Now that means that there is some history here and you should be teaching history. I guarantee you, I'll never see a fucking rock list that's this egregious by Rolling Stone. No, that's disagree. Like there will be some things on there. Like mm, I don't know if that should be on there, but there is there isn't a sense of respecting the history of the culture on this list. Now, where we it gets to, we listen look, to a look. lot of music, especially yes, I do. on this show, right? Like, we talk about a lot of music. Yes, from twenty fifteen on, I can't find five albums that should be on the greatest two hundred albums of hip hop list. Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole aside, like, give me five albums that we put greatest 200. They have Bandana on here. Okay, if we had to put five, that was our album of the year one year. Like, yeah, cool. Like, I can probably put that in there. They, they have ridiculous shit on here. Finally, I got to Drew the Damage. At least he had 155. Shrem Life, 152. Dre, okay, the list ain't bad. Shrimp life on it. The list is bad. Um, That's all I needed. Shrimp life to be on here. This shit is horrible. But but let's um, get to the nitty gritty of it. Because what, what, yes. what lists mostly are is you can put a list together of 500 things. The only thing people care about is when you get to the, about the top 25. That's when the oh, conversation really starts. And in their top 25. Oh, 25. Gonna, okay, not 50. Kendrick no. Lamar, damn, which I really like better than the album we'll list later. Is um, number 60, by the way. Life After Death is 59, just to give uh, context. 58 is America's Most Wanted, which you're very high on. Where, where is a death certificate? That's my, my favorite Ice Cube album. But look, look, look. Nevertheless. Midnight Marauders is 55. Okay, listen, go ahead. Top 20. Here we go. Let's start. I'm going to start with, I'm not going to start with the most egregious thing on this list. I'm going to start okay. with one of the most, the most criminal things. If you, this is why I said dice come into play, because it can't be just children. Yeah. At number two is Outcast Stangonia. Outcast Stangonia is not the second best Outcast album, but it's number two all time. Like, listen, is it a top three Outcast album level? No. no. And I think Outcast <laughs> has just about all classics, right? Yeah. But to not have AT Aliens, to not to have a Quemini ranked, where is it? Equimini is 27, 
Absolutely. Outside the top 25. Yes. As is Mob Deep's infamous outside the top 25. As is Tupac's allies on me. I don't, I don't even know where me against the world is because Tupac's best album to me is me against the world. But that's just to me. That's fine. Yeah, we can argue. We can argue about that. Sir, I just saw Ready. I mean, I just saw Life After Death at 48. I don't, Look, I don't for Stankonia to be number two, Biggie's Ready to Die is number one. We can debate about that all day and night, right? Okay. It changed the-, the I love Ready to Die. Yeah, yeah it's one of my top three albums. Um, look, that, whatever. We, we, we're splitting hairs so, when we get into certain, certain albums. But to have Stangoni at number two, number two, and The Blueprint's number three. Now, now this is where it gets really interesting. Missy's, Missy's So Addictive is number seven. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is number six. To Pimp a Butterfly is number five. It Takes a Nation is number four. Illmatic um, is 24. Yeah. I, I feel a theme of them putting culturally relevant albums. Very Not, it can't be. It can't be. Because if it's culturally relevant albums. I mean, Illmatic, again, painted a picture like no one else really has done before and if you go for that like you got to go back to like ice tea painting a picture of what life is like in in la and shit like this and you get into a deep well right but they picked albums that for right now what they would consider culturally relevant like oh well this is like black empowerment like let me throw this on yeah well, well like to fit a quota but here's the thing little wayne's the drought three is at 21 yeah that's ridiculous. that's a mixtape it is a mixtape. Full of stolen beats. And that's higher than Nas's Illmatic. Did it have more of an impact on the music industry than Illmatic? Absolutely not. Sir, none of this shit did. Kanye's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is amazing. It didn't but, have Nas's impact. Like, but, but you know what's like, Yeezus is here. Where is College Dropout? Because college, college Dropout redefined for the mainstream soul samples and how music was produced. Yeah, and it's not in your top and and it's Missy's so addictive is in your top ten. Missy's so addictive at seven. I can't name more than three songs off that album. And look, look, look. I love the clips, but for the clips to be number twelve, number twelve. Yeah, number twelve. Drake take care is really good. But, Drake um, take care is really good, but it's not a top fifteen hip hop album of all time. It's not, a top it's not better album. than Illmatic. It's his his best album. No, it's not better. Than None of his shit is better than Illmatic. Let's start there. Illmatic is the greatest rap album of all time. Period. If your list does not have that at number one, I don't care about your list. Throw that shit out the window. It's not debatable. It's but like even, going into an NFL conversation and trying to say Tom Brady's not the goat. But it, it's not even in the top ten. It, it, this is my crime here. It's not this, in the this top. This is Michael 10. Jordan not being in the top twenty-five of an NBA discussion. <laughs> like that's my crime. Like listen, if you say the Illmatic, some people argue that it was written was better than Illmatic. Well, it, it was written is not in the top fifty. No, you don't got ears, right? But you got Chance the Rapper's Acid Rap at thirty-six. Snoop really Dogg's it, it is, but Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style at thirty-five. Mm, no, that's another crime um, because you can't convince me that uh, Future's Dirty Sprite is better than Doggy Style or more no. impactful than Doggy Style. No. Few albums are more impactful than Doggy Style. Yeah, Clips Lord Willen was good. It's not top two. No, um, come on, man, don't belong in this list. Dr. Dre's 2001 being 30 spots ahead of the Chronic. 
is crazy. What? But 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 Drake we wouldn't go. say that shit. Here here we go. This is where it gets fun. Chiefs Keeps Finally Rich is ranked at number 32, which puts it ahead of Doggy Style, only mm. bu- built for Cuban links, late registration, Dilla's Donuts, NWA Straight Out of Compton, Jizz's Liquid Swords. Are you serious? Oh my God. Justin Ivy, shout out Justin Ivy. Chief Keith, when he finds that out, he's throwing shit through his window. Chief Keith above Liquid Swords, which is like his magnum opus. And and here's the most egregious Cardi B's invasion of privacy is at number 16, which is ahead of Mad Villains, Mad Villainy, specifically though, Little Kim's Hardcore. Now, mm-hmm. I had this, I had put this take on my on my Twitter timeline, and I've watched people go crazy over this. We talked about all the records Cardi B has broken, yada 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 yada. Sure. None of this shit would be possible if it weren't for Little Kim. Okay. And you couldn't, you can't tell me that. Invasion of Privacy is a better album than Little Kim's Hardcore. Now people I liked say, it. I liked Invasion of Privacy. It was in my top three when we did our final. I like it too, year. but it's come cool. on, great. Um, surpassed expectations for Cardi B. It is not the 16th greatest album in hip hop history. 16th. That it's means not, it's, that means it's better than Illmatic, Kel. Is it a top? It's not a top five women's hip hop album ever. No. It's ever. The, it's not better than Queen Latifah's. No, but this this is my it's point. Not, not better than Kim's. What I'm trying to figure out here is what is the rhyme or reason behind this list? Because if it's sales, that's one thing. But it's not. If it's relevancy, that's another thing. But it's not. Dude, Tribe Called Quest Low in Theory is at number nine. My favorite Tribe album and a lot of people's favorite Tribe album is Midnight Marauders. Marauders it's not yeah. in the top 50. I think I just saw it at 48. No? It was no, deeper? You didn't. Damn that's that, criminal. Midnight Marauders and College Dropout are not in the top 50 rap no albums of all time. is at 19. Yeah, which is behind Cardi B, which I think is crazy. Because yeah, crush on you, not tonight. Come on, fam. We're just talking about, a, like, if we're talking culturally relevant, no Little time. Kim changed the game. Now, yeah. and, and this was my argument, because, like, listen, Avatar is one of the highest selling movies of all time, but you can't fucking convince me that it's better than The Godfather. I don't give a fuck what you say. It's not. <laughs> no. Just because something does well in the box office doesn't mean that it's a better film. And no film critic would ever say that. But for some reason in hip hop, that's an argument to be made. It's old more. Fam, future DS2. And Greg, listen, I know people are super future heads. Um, I've seen people on Twitter call it the best album ever, like best hip-hop album ever. Uh, and that's someone I, I really don't value their opinion. But it has been said on Twitter, which is ridiculous. It is at number 20, followed by, I will skip Lil Wayne's The Drought, but DMX's It's Dark and Hell is Hot, UGK's Riding Dirty, Nas Illmatic, Eminem, The Marshall Matters LP, Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, Outkast, Equemini, are all after DS2. Yeah. Fuck out of here. All those could be top 10 albums. If, if people put those in their top 10, just that run, if they put those in their top 10, I'd be like, oh, I can't even argue. So I've covered music for a long time, and I've been in rooms where we've made lists. And people disagree on lists all the time. And yep. Yo, who I know is part of this Rolling Stone list, is 
a very prominent name in the hip hop community and I would never discredit Yo, which means that there were other people that outvoted him because I just can't see him putting together this this list. This shit is probably this high because he voted. So the the issue for me has been and always will be who gets to write about rap music? Uh. Because I get, I get it. Everybody wants to have an in on the culture, but I've watched certain writers who don't come from this community talk about rap music and what they enjoy, specifically outlets like Pitchfork, right? Where it's a bunch of preppy white guys telling black people about the music that they make. I have a problem with that. I've always felt that tongue in cheek, you should have to get a license to cover rap music for a prominent outlet. <laughs> like there should be a board because there's like the boxing writers association there's an mlb writers of association there's a national association of black journalists there should be a national hip-hop writers association that addresses things like this and was like well who wrote this list and what do you know because i am not sure that the people that wrote this list would make it past this board of writers 200 is a big number, which is why I say anything after 50 is anything after 25 is kind of arbitrary. But this is a crime. And then it's this gets cited 10 years down the line by some kids who are growing up on hip hop as the a definitive list of some sorts. It's a discredit to the culture and the community that, that has made this music. In no universe should Nas's Illmatic not be ranked one of the top 25 rap albums of all time. And no everyone universe, is in a room. How do you just let this shit slide? They, they, I gotta walk you get, out. You get, you get outnumbered. I've been in this situation before. Fortunately, I've always been the editor. So I call a lot of shots. Very diplomatic in my process with this stuff. A lot of stuff I disagree with, but I'll let it fly because my, my opinion is just my opinion. You got a room full of people, but you, you don't have a room full of the right people. And if Rolling Stone is going to be a responsible music outlet, you need a room full of the right people, not just people who write for you, right? Because a lot of those people don't get paid a lot of money. But you need to reach out to the most prominent names in music, in hip hop specifically, to rank a top 200. And if you want to, I mean, I get it. People like to stir the pot and number sell. You know, people look at numbered lists and go, oh, I want to click that just like we did here. But don't put this shit in order if you're going to do shit like this. Don't don't put just say, oh, these are top. These are 200 albums that you must listen to. This is a definitive list of music that have shaped and formed the culture. I don't know, man. I'm I'm eight deep on the panel, right? Because they list everyone who votes on this panel. Yeah. So I'm Googling as you talk. I am eight deep. The first eight people they list, there are three black people. I wonder Not egregious. Did. Not egregious. Cool. There are one, there's one white person under 40. So you got three black people, five white people, one under 40. When you pull up some of these other people, prominent names in rock and roll journalism, which is cool. But because I know combat sports journalism and I'm a combat sports journalist, I'm not voting for the MLB Hall of Fame. Like They didn't give me a vote for that. Like I got a pound for pound this vote, right? And I, I'm not gonna go ask someone from the NBA team, like, yo, real quick, you wanna, um, do our rankings? No. They're going to be like, yo, I don't know what half this shit is. So it's, it's ridiculous. Oh, I found a fourth black person. All right. So out of nine, we got four. So it's just, 
only one woman so far. I'm on my second woman. Like the, I understand what they were going for, but it comes down to what's your credentials for speaking on this. Right. I mean, well, knowing music and then knowing hip hop culture specifically, it turns out this is more egregious than the top 500 albums ever list. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just, God, it's it's frustrating, man. It's like. I jumped out of the music game to get in the combat sports game and the combat sports game is just as dirty as the music game. And then I see shit like this. I was like, damn, I need to go back. Cause I got to kind of fix this shit. Right. Cause I see people that I respect in this game. that are not involved in this list. And I get it. It's Rolling Stones. There are people. I don't see B dot. I don't see Ellie Wilson. I don't see SK. I don't see Torre. I don't see Dart Adams. I don't see Shea Serrano. That makes the list null and void to me. Cause these are writers who have covered this for years, have written books yeah. about this industry. I don't see Picari. I don't see. Uh, there's just there's a lot good of good writers on this fucking list, though. Shout out to Yo, who's on here. I just got to Yo. Like, there's really good writers. Will Dukes is on here. I follow. Like, I know, like Will Dukes stuff. Like, come on, fam. Like, how? I just you just you're just disrespecting the history of hip hop by making a <laughs> list like this. Yo, Will Dukes. I just clicked on it. His Rolling Stone joint before this. His feature before this was on Blackstone. I'm like, yo, you know your stuff. Does he? I mean, I've read his stuff before. You, I'm just saying, you, like, like you, there's enough people to vote to have common sense in your top 10. Look, again, music is subjective. You like what you like. You don't like what you don't like. I get it. Some people, some, some people, but, but it, again, this all boils down to a history of music, right? Understanding the history of music. Like, Harris Runs the Return of the Boom Bag is a fantastic album. Is there a Gangstar album in the top 100? If it's not, we got a problem. Right? I like, seen it yet. There, there's, and there's certain things that are being eliminated from the list. Maybe it was too underground for them. Is Blackstar on this list? Is there a common yeah. album on this? Where's Blackstar? Yeah. Blackstar, I just ran into it a while ago. I think it's Fringe Top 20. Blackstar is on here. Hold on. Sorry, I went into this deep dive of random ass people so there goes dilla tyler the creator and even even dilla's donuts being ranked as high as i love dilla's donuts but it's an instrumental album so it makes me wonder i'm like what, what wait wait a minute wait a minute what are we doing chronic at 40 is still fucking insane um all i know is these lists are built to piss us off and they've pissed me off <laughs> that's what it's doing. honestly if we sat down say I mean, combat sports is too crazy, right? But say we had like a super boring week of combat sports and we sat down and said, we're going to do the best 100 albums in hip hop history. Me, you, and just Cole. We don't even need a whole panel. Me, you, and Cole. We can get to a consensus of a pretty damn good list. Well, I don't we see can't... Black Star on here at all. And I went okay. from 50 down. They're not so... in the top 50. We could, but a lot of people disagree. I think the point of like big lists like this is once you get to 25 is where people are, you're really getting close. You got to look at the best albums of all time. Anything after 25, even anything after 50, it's arbitrary. Like people can argue certain albums. Like me, a top 200 rap album is Razzcast and Soul on Ice. I know it's not on this list, right? Yeah. That's, but that's 200 but albums. Get your vote. Yeah, yeah. You get your vote somewhere. And but, then you, you'd hash yeah. out where it went. But I think we all agree. I think for the most part, just about everybody in this, community that has listened to music for as long as they've lived can agree Nas, Wu-Tang, Raekwon 
uh, Eric B and Rakim, Public Enemy. Like these these albums belong in your top twenty five. Now you can move them around. They and they, honestly, they belong in your top ten. But when Illmatic falls out of your top twenty five, behind Cardi B, your list is null and void. And I don't need to read this shit anymore. But I did because I like to torture myself. <laughs> if we all right, real quick, since we're all here, before we get into boxing, me, you, and Cole. Top 10 hip-hop albums. And if you forget something cool, I just want to do an experiment to see if we can get the consensus of people then saying our top 10 is better than theirs. And we can do ours in 10 minutes. So top 10, number one, Illmatic is number one. I'm writing this out. Is everyone okay with Illmatic at number one? Sure. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Um, I'll, I'll I'll read off a few notes, though, before we continue with the list. Yes, because uh, I was I was documenting some some questions as you guys were going out. Uh, Jay Z has four albums in this. Well, three three and a half depends on what you think. So, Black Album one thirteen, wow. Watch the Throne is seventy seven, Reasonable Doubt is twenty six, and Blueprint is three. Okay, oh. here's the problem with that. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about sales and impact, Volume Two not being on the top two hundred list is crazy. Yeah, it's not even my favorite Jay Z album, but to say like Hard Knock Life and what that album delivered in making Jay Z a superstar, dude, four for four is not on this list. What? Yep. Volume yeah. one is arguably Jay Z's best rapping. If you take the bullshit out, which we talked about a number of times, <laughs> it's arguably Jay Z's best rapping album. If you take off like Sunshine and I know what girls like, and yeah. that's not on here, but Cupcake is. Fuck out of here. Cupcake with two Ks. Uh, Ka- Kanye's College Dropout is 52, which I think is Kanye's best album. It's too low. Uh, we mentioned Outkast, Equemini at 27, with Stankonia being two. That's egregious. I love Stankonia, but it's not It's not number two, and it's not Outkast's best album. Um, and then Dre asked about Common. Uh, I've got Common's B at 145, and Like Water for Chocolate at 86. I love like water for chocolate. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of people like that. That's that's fringe top twenty for a lot of people. Like if that was in the top twenty list, like no one's gonna say, "Oh my god, you guys suck." Um, all right. So number one, Illmatic. Number two, I always go Reasonable Doubt's my second favorite album, but that is not a consensus. So there is no consensus. There's right? no consensus. But if I had to be objective. I wouldn't be mad at Biggie's Ready to Die as number two. See, I don't know. And this is why I don't care that much about the top 10. It's just they should all be there. Like 36 Chambers and Doggy Style and Equimina. Oh, yeah. So let's see. Doggy Style. I'm writing them out. I don't even. I'm just going to get 10. So let's do Ready to Die. We don't even care what order. How about that? It makes it easy. Nomadic, Ready to Die, Doggy Style, 36 Chambers. I think that's pretty easy. It takes um, nation Equimini. Millions. Public Enemy just takes Nations and Millions as a top 10 album. It's around my number 10, but I, I mean, that's perfectly fine with that. I'm just saying, it's not yeah. much, it's there. No, uh, definitely. Is Paid in Full in there? Yes. Yeah, of course. And, um, that, and it's our, it's debatable. Yeah. Paid in Full is a debatable top 10 album for a lot of people, depending on when you grew up. But To yeah. me, Jay-Z, I mean, Jay-Z has a top 10 album. And then I'll go Reasonable Doubt as his top 10 out. I like it better in Blueprint. That's fine. Um, is there a Kendrick album on this list? Is it good Kid Mad City? 
Good Kid, Mad City is his best album to me. So if we go Kendrick top 10, um, I'd go Good Kid, Mad City. That's always, that's always the debate. It's it's between that and To Poop a Butterfly. They're yeah. both so fucking good. <laughs> but but oh, for the I sake mean, of... For sake of argument, we'll go good Kim we'll Mad City. Mad City, yeah. I'm, it has it has one of the greatest outros I've ever heard in my life. Um Good Kid Mad City, but then now it becomes does that go over Drake? Take care. Yes. Okay. Drake doesn't Drake. have a classic album, guys. Take care is a classic. No. Drake does oh not, he has God. a fringe classic album. And again, I've always said this: Take Care is not my favorite Drake album. It's nothing was the same, but okay. regardless. Good Kid Mad, like Kendrick has a bona fide classic. Yes. Kid, yeah. At least, um, at least one. Right. At least one. And I would go Midnight Marauders. Has yeah, and you can argue it Midnight Marauders low in theory. Whatever. It was, was going to say yeah. one, one of the tribe albums. And then that is already 11. So if that was our 11, no one can argue. Illmatic, Ready to Die, Doggy Style, 36 Chambers, Equemini, It Takes a Nation of Millions, Paid in Full, Reasonable Doubt, Midnight Marauders, Good Kid, Mad City. Oh, no, and that's that. And that's it. And we're not even at De La Soul, who could probably be on here. Three for high, absolutely. We, we're not at Only Built for Cuban Links. Cuban Links. The oh. infamous. Uh, is, is, <laughs> there's a lot of things that we're leaving yeah. off. The point of all that to say is, and I don't know if you're getting to that, is all these albums that you mentioned, and somehow they have Missy at number seven. Crazy. <laughs> We didn't even do the chronic yet. Right. The chronic changed again. <laughs> like the chronic's not in our top 10. Okay, come on. Good Command City is really good, but like the chronic has to take that spot. Let me just bump that down. I'm just, just saying, like, like the fucking chronic. Missy's uh, at seven. <laughs> the clips is at 12. Cardi B's at 16. I mean, is- Marshall Mathers LP is an incredible album to me. Lupe Fiasco's Food and Liquor is an incredible album to me. Yeah. Uh, that's all above those that you just named. And way before anything future dropped a little way. Yeah. Again, you need a light. Like the Rolling Stones should have their hip hop license revoked for this list. And they should be barred from ever writing about hip hop until they can prove that they know what the fuck they're talking about. That's it. And it's, it's not that difficult to create a list that doesn't just end up completely blasphemous. Right. So many people just say like, yo, let's just throw shit out there. And then I'm going to throw out all my favorites. You throw out all your favorites. And then we see where they land on some stupid fucking point system. That, that's not how it works, right? Like, we just don't say, like, oh, yeah, this is the MLB rankings, but I love the fucking Somerset Tornadoes or whatever from Double A, and we're going to throw them in there, and they end up the third best franchise in, in baseball. Like, no, that's not how it works. There's levels to things. So if we came and we're like, yo, these are the best 30 albums in hip hop. Let's rank the best 30 albums, like pretty objectively. Okay, what's the next 30? All right, what's the next 30? And then you go that way, you get a list that doesn't piss people off pretty much. Or if you go 25, 25, 25, you get through like a lot of shit. Like college dropout wouldn't be left off too far from here, right? Like there, there's stuff if you just categorize, like this is the majors, all right, and then this is like triple A of hip hop albums, and then you go down the list. You can make a pretty damn good list. I don't know. List p- piss everybody off. There's never going to be a list there's, that's going to satisfy everybody. Which, but I think there's there still needs to be a comprehensive list that shout doesn't. Out to really- Quest Love. I'm not sure the Roots have an album on here. Yo, what? <laughs> I'm going. I'm looking right now. I'm looking right. I think I saw the roots. I think I saw the roots. If but also they're way wherever they are, they're too low. Bruh, if things fall apart, ain't ain't high on this list, 
your buck like things fall apart is incredible yo i'm not i'm not sure like there's people left off there's we just went through entire verses like and i'm not saying albums are are everything but if you're going like 200 there's like no jada album on here Dog, um, again, I'm where's little brother? I'm gonna keep asking, where is little brother? <laughs> no, no Fontaine. Right, so so far, so far the roots how I got over is at 150. I'm still going though. Okay. If you if you come across right. little brothers, the listening or may the that lord watch choice. or the minstrel show, th- those are three incredible little brother albums, arguably classics. 51, the roots, things fall apart. Okay. Okay. So at, still low. at 51. But All yeah. Right. We, you can also tell what people listen to, right? Because it's it's very interesting because especially when you go from the year like 2000 to about 2010, underground hip hop was surging in the underground. Yeah. But it wasn't mainstream like 50 Cent was dominating. Nelly was dominating. Like all those artists were dominating. But if you weren't listening to those albums, that's where like somebody like Little Brother would get left off of this list yep. because it gets lost in that 2000 to 2010 shuffle. The, the ringtone like, era. Yeah, 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 the ringtone era. But it's like, well, what who, what were these people listening to? I don't know what anybody's listening to to put Cardi B over Little Kim. I just don't get it. Cardi yeah, B over Illmatic. It's crazy. Yeah, like, and I can't, you know, I'm sorry, guys, like the, the Cardi B fans are in my mentions like crazy right now. Is there a Cardi B hive? Apparently uh, so. Probably. But this is not to say that Cardi B made a whack album. I would. I, I don't say that. I'm saying that she deserves all her success. I really like that album. But you're not doing the woman any favors by putting her over Nas <laughs> on a rap list. Sam, you cannot listen to Cardi B and then listen to Nas and say these two belong on the same list. <laughs> and that's no disrespect to Cardi B. But it's just like that's that's taking calculus at Harvard and then, you know, going to P.E., in high school. I mean, like, dog, that shit's fun. But I, the, the, the level of education is completely different here. In, in basketball terms, it's like Gilbert Arenas' best year happens, and you go, he's better than Michael Jordan. He's better than Michael Jordan's 93, Mike. 94 year. Like, you can't do that. You can't. Like, and, I, and Gilbert Arenas had a fantastic Man. year. Age at zero. Ages, I always refer to Gilbert Arenas because I think people forgot how good Gilbert Arenas is. But nobody has him in the top 15 greatest basketball players of all time. Nobody. For Cardi B, who has one album, which was a good album, but to have her above, like, that, to say Gilbert Arenas' season's better than, like, Allen Iverson's MVP season, Shaq's MVP season, Magic or Kareem. I don't know people are bold. Like, I can't even be, like, the old curmudgeon, right? Like, I refuse. I'm not going to do that. Like, if people like Futures, Dirty Sprite, cool. I'll maybe finagle it into the twenty five. Top 25, which still hurt me because there's 25 albums better. But if that's where I got to give, I'll give. Like, if, if you think Future has a top 25 album of all time, cool, man. But I'm not putting, like, all this young fucking person music. Now a nice out. Oh, but, like, there's some shit that won't be on there. NBA Young Boy don't got a top 200 album. Mm-mm. Like, he ain't making the list. Ooh, God, I'm tired of talking about this. Juice World is on here, though. I didn't have, I've only watched the documentary. I don't, I don't own an entire Juice World album. He's on. I don't, he's on the top 25, so I'm okay. Right? Like, oh, no, no, he's in the top 200. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I could give. 
like at, towards the end of this, I don't need eight Jay-Z albums on here. Best believe I can put eight. I can put all five now of Kendrick's albums on here. Yeah. Easy. If I wanted to, like we, we still getting in the hundreds. There's a lot of shit they can't beat Kendrick's fifth best album. No, but okay. A lot of things no, that the, can't be the, section the three on here are damn good kid, mad city and to Pippa butterfly. And to be fair, all, section 80 is my second. They're favorite. all, they're all top 60 and section 80 is nowhere to be. At least I couldn't find it. But the drought no. is, which is straight jacking for beats with Lil Wayne. Which it's is a nice. mixtape and it's not mixed. It's not Wayne's best mixtape mm. at all. No ceilings is better than the drought three. I've had enough. Like, of this. how do you not even? And I'm a mixtape kid. Dog, Kale, I've had enough. Can we talk about boxing oh, now? Shit. I think our listeners are tired of hearing about this too. Because oh cause, no, because they went and they picked up the list. Yeah, I and know, they're like, but, what is this bullshit? And they're yelling with us. But we so have a better list to talk 40, about. We got a better thirty years old. We got a better uh, list to talk about. The pound, yes, pound, the pound list. list. Let's hit her. All right, talk me into it. I'm gonna be pissed through the break, but we'll come back and we'll be joyful due to boxing. You guys don't go anywhere. Plenty of boxing talk coming right after this. All right, we are back. I have calmed down. I, I have dropped my beats per second. I got like a little monitor now due to the COVID thing. So... I my heart rate has dropped down a little bit. We can calmly mine has hold on. Mine hasn't. I just got one thing to add. Somebody asked me. Uh they they posted a, a, a picture of the 36 Chambers album. Yeah. And they said there better not be an album that's ranked higher than it. And I was like, oh, there are seven seven albums ranked higher than it. One of them being Missy So Addictive. If you really think about that statement, that a Missy album is higher ranked than Enter the 36 Chambers. We ain't even talking about rap music anymore. I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> Wait, Get Your Freak On was the lead single? I believe so. I don't like, know. Get, I can't get Your any Freak On is that like, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd have to look it up. And that's why it is not a top 10 album. Yes, that's crazy. Anyway. Now, and, now and you cover hip hop. Like this is your life. You are two, two decades in now. To age you purposely in hip hop journalism. You can't name one song from that album off the top of your head. I, I think it says all it needs to say <laughs> going there. I don't even know who voted that. They had the biggest Missy Elliott fan in the world on that panel. Several of them. There's no way. It can't get past. Somebody voted it number one. That's the but only way for it to be that high. A bunch of people had to vote for one. it. But no matter how you do a ranking system, like if you do the college football ranking system, a bunch of people have to put something somewhere for it to get that hot. It can't be just num- one number one vote. Can't be. Not out of like 11 people. You can. You, you really can. If your rating system is a number one vote is 10 points, and then you go all the way down, anything past 11 is one point, then you got 10 points off Rick. Everyone else, you know, some of the other albums get higher. But if nothing else got a number 10 vote, like Enter 36 Chambers could have got you know, six, which gives it four points, and then two eights, which gives it two. Like, and then now, now you're going through this list and you're like, fuck, well, Missy's 10 puts it above the nine point Wu-Tang album. The only question I have for you <laughs> is, did you remember to throw Kurt Angle into the mix? That's all. That's, that's, <laughs> did you throw Kurt Angle into the mix? <laughs> oh yes. That's the only this way is... the computation works. You have to throw Kurt Angle because he's got Spanish. no chance. 
somehow Missy Steiner mathed her way into the <laughs> ten, top 10 on this rap albums list. And it, I'm telling you, Dre, it's, it's very possible. It takes one person to throw off a list. Uh, I vote for the ESPN pound for pound list. Let's just keep it at that. It takes one person sometimes for me to just look at my mentions on ringside and go, like, you think this is our whole list? Everybody's list? Canelo wasn't number one for two years, Dre. I know, that's some drunk shit right there. Like, it could take one person's vote. One person ranking him seventh on a pound for pound list to fuck up a, a prestigious list. So I, I under I completely understand. Um, so with boxing, now that I've mentioned Canelo, last thing we left off on was Javante Davis versus Roley. We picked Roley by death. I think you might have been spot on. I called it. I called the round. I said everything. Round everything. Roley walked into it. He was having some success. He had convinced the likes of uh, Ryan Garcia that he was going to win. Ryan put down some cash. 20 G's with Errol Spence saying, you know what? I'm confident in Roley. Ryan's face when he lost that bet. And everyone laughed at him, as they should. Yeah. Nothing Roley has done in his career said that he was going to beat Javante, and he met his end in one punch. Tank was landing like three punches around. Didn't matter. No, it didn't matter. You just needed to land one. Roley, come on. Roley started bitching and moaning that he <laughs> Tank was running around like a bitch. The bitch knocked you out. Said he won every round of that fight. He Don't said, matter. You got knocked Roley, out. Roley said, I won six rounds. I don't care. I need a rematch. He got knocked out in the sixth. He's right. saying he won the round. He got knocked out. <laughs> Come on, the man can't do math. He had a hard time getting out of the ring on his own accord. Like, look, look. So here's the real thing. Stephen A. Smith ranked Javante Davis on his top five pound for pound list. Yes, top five in the world. Which is fucking hilarious because Javante hasn't fought a top 20, 50 opponent yet. At all. He'll set a cruise as top 50. No, he's not. No, he's not. Man's been a champion for like. I don't care. He's not, years. especially going up in a weight class that he had no business being in. He's not. All right, Javon, But that's his best win. Is a yeah. is overblown Leo Santa Cruz, right? That doesn't make you a top five pound for pound fighter. I'm now he's allegedly a free agent. Makes me wonder though, because as much as I like to watch Tank fight, he's been protected very well by Mayweather promotions. And when I say protected, I don't mean that he doesn't want to fight the best in the world. They have matched him up properly so he can get knockouts and shit like that. And he can yep. raise his profile. So when he does get a big fight, he's going to get a lot of money. But how good is Tank Davis? That's the real question. Because what you said is very key here. Roley Romero had some success he did. on Tank. Um, you know, Granted, Tank was biding his time and trying to look for that big opening. And he got in, he knocked him out. But Roland Romero is nowhere near the caliber of, of anybody that should be fighting Tank Davis. Tank Davis is as talented as anyone at 135 and 140. Tank Davis is now, by all indications, dedicated to his craft. Not missing weight anymore. Sure. He, you know, he's not, you know, big boy Tank, where he used to blow up to like 170 and then cut back down. Like, No. Tank Davis has learned some very, very bad habits that he has not been forced to confront and change yet. Tank Davis reminds me a lot of Deontay Wilder in terms of habits, not skill. Tank, Tank has the skill to outpoint people if you want it. 
his habits now are giving away rounds because he knows he's going to get the knockout. The only time he didn't and he had to box and show the IQ and do everything that he's capable of is when he broke his hand early, couldn't use his right hand against Isaac Cruz and started out pointing him because he knew that was the only way he was going to win. He's abandoned the knockout only approach because he had one hand. He should have continued that mindset. That's his last resort instead of his first resort and letting the knockout come. He has horrible habits. And that will and can get him beat down the line because you can't give away eight rounds to Devin Haney. No. Even though he's a little chinny, but what if you don't catch him? What if he gets on his bike after eight rounds and doesn't engage with you anymore? You're losing that fight. Roley, honestly, could have been up five rounds to nothing, got on his bike and not chased Tank down. Now what, Tank? You're not counterpunching. Now what's your game plan? What's plan B? Are you going to adjust? Roley was just Roley and fell right into the trap anyway. Leo Santa Cruz had rounds on him. Barrios had rounds on him. They fell into the trap. If you go up seven, you damn near run. Who cares? Call me whatever you're going to call me. You can beat Tank Davis that way. And there's or, people in that division who can do that. Shakur can do that. Devin can or, do that. Or you can find out the hard way like Canelo did against Dimitri Vival. When there's and, no plan B. Where that somebody can take your punch and you're like, oh, shit. What do I do now? What do I do? Yep. And that's what Canelo found out the hard way against Bival. Tank hasn't faced anybody that has adjusted properly yep. to Tank or just puts out more output, which leads us to Devin Haney. Devin Haney won the undisputed lightweight t- title against George Cambosis. I said before the shit started, I said, I don't know. How, how any of you are picking George Cambosis. I don't care that fight in Australia. I was like, have you watched Devin Haney fight? And I said before the fight started, if Devin puts him on the end of that jab, he's going to clean his ass out. And he did that. Listen, guys, I know my fucking boxing. I watch enough of this shit. There was some Here's sympathy the- rounds for Cambosis, and he still couldn't get close. Look, Australia tried it. It was like, look, man, we'll give you like four, right? Like, we'll give you a couple. And he still lost 116 and 112 on yeah, two. Do something, sir. Something. I gave George one round in that fight. But here's Generous. the thing. Devin Haney is now the undisputed lightweight champion. And he went to another man's country, beat his ass. He's going to have to do it again, unfortunately, unless they find a way out of this rematch clause. But George is going to make a lot of money, so I would enact that rematch clause. There's right? one way out of it, by the way. There's a way out of a rematch clause. If Devin vacates the belt. If he vacates and moves out. I don't think he'll do that. He may. I don't think he will. We'll There's, a lot of money second, fighting to- There's a lot of money fighting Cambosis again as well. Hmm. The way that that deal is structured, the best thing for Dane, Devin, and I don't know that, and it's not like inside boxing, like inside ESPN knowledge and shit, like from what's out there with the deal. And then now the numbers, which Cambos is getting 10 mil and Devin getting three is fucking ridiculous. But again, even if you come down to the middle and you split 50-50 next time, so you're each getting what, six and a half? And Cambos' performance is still going to get him six and a half, whatever. Devin, though, if you look at it, you're like, yo, I'm going to get six and a half and then another three or maybe five after this. Say I beat him again, I get five. That's 11. But the zone, when I go back, is going to pay me probably like 20 a fight, right? Like, whatever. Let me go back with as much cachet as I want. So I can get probably 11 out of top rank in two fights if I take Cambosis. But if I just still get paid 3.5 like I am now, then I can still cash out with seven. 
I might as well vacate, go up, fight whoever they want at 140, let Josh Taylor defend his belts, and then fight Josh Taylor as my last fight. And then I'm coming home. I'm coming back to the zone with three belts at 140, and I'm just going to let them chase me. I don't know, man. Fuck the money. At this point, you get yeah. all the belts. It's and Josh just... Taylor needs a big name to fight. You jump the list because you're yeah. in-house now. You jump T.O. You jump, what, Ramirez, who we beat already. I don't know, man. I feel Probably like this, that rematch is complicated. But here, here's my thing. So we, we at Sporting News, we just put out our 25 under 25 list. And we have Devin Haney, number one, Shakur Stevenson, number two. And a lot of people were like, Shakur should be number one. I was like, no, nah, Devin's the undisputed champion. I got to put him at number one. He's never, he's never had a split decision. He's won all his fights by a unanimous decision or knockout. He just beat the man who beat the man who beat the man. I got to give him credit for all of that. For all intents and purposes, Shakur Stevenson is like 1B to Devin's 1A. Oh, yeah. If we're talking skills, Shakur Stevenson's a better fighter only because he has offensive skills that De- Devin doesn't. Well, they both have equal defense, if not Shakur is a little bit better defensively. Than Shakur Devin is better defensively. And then Shakur has more power in his weight class and a better killer instinct than Devin Haney. Devin Haney's never shown the instinct Shakur did when he beat the shit out of uh, what's-his-face to get the first title. Uh, damn. Who, Jamel Herring? Jamel Herring. Beat the hell out of Jamel Herring. That, like, we haven't seen that from Devin Haney. People would say he has that skill. We haven't seen it in a fight. We haven't seen him turn it up like that to beat the hell out of someone and stop them. He, for all purposes, he beat the hell out of Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez could just, he, he's crazy, and he just took more punishment than he probably ever should have. He yeah. beat the shit out of him. That wasn't a defensive clinic. He went in against an offensive fighter and just said, you can't do anything to me. I'm going to beat the hell out of you. So, no, De- Devin Haney's great, and he's great defensively, and that jab's amazing. He's not Shakur Stevenson. Shakur Stevenson's better in every every regard of the game. Well, here, here's my counter to that. We haven't seen Shakur Stevenson fight anybody with a jab. It's not happened. Hasn't happened yet. Nobody, nobody has Devin Haney's jab. I've, I've done this stat graphic. Shakur Stevenson gets hit with jabs 7% of the time. Okay. Jabs land 35. It doesn't matter. Everyone no, no, can no. throw a jab. No, no, no. No, no, they can't. He, no, they he can't. Doesn't get Stop right hit there. With jabs. Stop right let there. Let alone power punch. Everybody can't throw a jab. No, Stop right. that. Everyone has a jab. They don't. Every, use of the course, jab. everybody has a jab. Sure. Everybody can throw a pass. They don't make them fucking Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. Sure. But, but my point is, is that Shakur has never fought somebody with it. Like, because Devin what? has. Devin has a jab. All I'm saying no, is Devin has a jab. I'm just saying Devin has fought someone with a jab. No, like they fought like similar level competition. No, Shakur's no, no, no. probably fought better level competition. You're missing my point. Shakur hasn't fought somebody with a jab, which is the most, the, the best weapon in boxing. Jermaine sure. Taylor, when he won, when he won the undisputed back then middleweight title, Ryan Garcia has told me on numerous occasions that jab is really difficult to get around. If you can't get around Devin's jab, you can't beat him. Yep. I don't know if Shakur can get around that jab. That's, that's the challenge. Getting around it doesn't mean you have to hit somebody with it. That means somebody has to find a way inside because a jab is what you use to control range and distance. And there are a few boxers who do that better than Devin Haney, which makes me – I'm not saying Shakur can't do it. We just haven't seen Shakur deal with it yet. Again, I didn't know we were pitting them against each other. I just thought who's better. And I would retort, we haven't seen Devin Haney – have to deal with any of the problems Shakur Stevenson presents to his people either. No, it, that's so, true. It's so, true. like, if, if they fought each other, then, yeah, I mean, it'd be one hell of a chess match, right? Um, I think eventually we see Devin Haney 
give us a glimpse of what it would look like. Because I think if he stays and he rematches Cambosis, his last fight will be against Lomachenko. So, so, but here, here was a point. And that's a guy who can get inside. Here's the point I was going to make. Devin Haney's jab is the reason why he beats everybody, right? Now, he abandoned against Jojo Diaz and just said, all right, I'm just going to power punch this guy because he's not going to get out of the way of my shots. And he beat him. Going back to this tank conversation, I know you said Devin's chinny, right? He's never been knocked down. He got buzzed by Linares. Everybody gets buzzed. Everybody gets buzzed. Canelo got buzzed. He's been buzzed like two fights. Can Tank Davis get inside of Devin Haney's jab? Consistently? Consistently. No. no. So th- that's a my problem with between Tank. between those two, honestly, would be a fight of three punches. It's Devin controlling. Tank has three punches to land a knockout. Again, it is much like Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. One. Yeah. Right? Like, Fury dominated that fight. Wilder had three punches. That motherfucker made good on all three of those punches and got a draw. That's, that's, that's what the fight would be. It would be, Tank, can you knock him stark out in three punches? Because that's all you're going to get. He's, and they're not even mistakes. You're good enough to get three punches because Devin is not going to make a mistake. But you better make him count. You can't, you can't barely glance the chin. You can't, oh, that uppercut almost landed when you get through his guard. No, you get three punches. They better land clean. So I think, like, I think the boxing community still kind of disrespects Devin Haney um, yeah. in general. I think all, all these kids are disrespected. Like, if we're being no, honest, no, no, no. Devin's disrespected more than any of them. Ryan Garcia is highly disrespected. I think Ryan well, Garcia gives Devin Haney a problem. But here's Ryan Garcia is more underrated. Mm. Here's what I'm saying. Devin Haney won the WBC title by because Lomachenko didn't fight him, right? Yes, he was. The whole franchise bullshit, he won the title. Correct. Devin Haney went and fought Uriel Cascamboa. Uh, he fought Jorge Linares. He fought Jojo mm-hmm. Diaz. And now he beat George Cambosis. Yep. And still, when we talk about the lightweights, a lot of people will say, Tank, Ryan, and some people still put Teal above him, and then Devin. Yep. Teal has the best win in that division. He has the best win, but then he lost to George Cambosis. It is what it is. Man had one law. No excuse. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I, I know, I know, law. but it is <laughs> what it is. De- Devin Haney just went to Australia yeah. in a man's foreign country and beat his ass. Somebody's decision. like, he beat his ass? I was like, did you watch the fight? He beat up George Cambosis with a jab. With a, he beat him up with a jab. That's disrespectful. That's Lennox Lewis type shit. Where like he, you, It's a disrespectful ass whooping. He's not even power punches. So now Devin is the undisputed lightweight champion. And we don't like, there's obviously the, the Cambosis rematch on the horizon. But, you know, talking to Oscar De La Hoya today, the fight to make is Tank versus Ryan Garcia. And there's no fucking belts on the line. Right? Which is crazy. He's like, this is the biggest fight in boxing. You might be it right. Is. I think, well, no. You, I mean, it's not no, the biggest it, fight. It's top five. It's big. It's a yeah. big fight. For having no belt, it's really fucking big. But if you're Devin and you're sitting at home, it's like, God damn it, I just won all these fucking belts in a foreign country. I guess the man who beat the man who beat the man. And y'all are still disrespecting me? Like, I asked Oscar, if you had your choice, Haney with all the titles, if that fight frees up or tank, Oscar's still like tank. I don't even care about those titles. It's wild that Devin has still got work to do, regardless of going into enemy territory and winning the, winning the, the undisputed lightweight championship. He still is looked at as, eh, I don't want to fight him. 
He's still chasing fights. Because he's the least popular of the four. Like, if we're just being honest, he's the least popular. And he's the hardest to figure out. It's a horrible combination. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, yo, there's no win in fighting. There, There isn't. Even though he did reportedly really good numbers on ESPN. Yeah, like one one point three is one hell of a like night on ESPN. Um, so that that's a good number. That's I mean, it's taken Shakur Stevenson five headlining fights on ESPN to pop a number that big, and I think his best number is still like one point two or something. So it was a bigger number than that. The guy is is really good. People tuned in. We'll see if the people tune in for the rematch. If there is a rematch, because it was quote unquote boring to a lot of people. It's yeah, it's very much. Yes, it's very much like Money Mayweather, but Money Mayweather had a lot of Pretty Boy to fall back on. Yeah. Like people always had the excuse of like, you know, you didn't see Pretty Boy or he broke his hands and then now he's, the... Devin doesn't have that. He, he doesn't, he doesn't have that real. He doesn't have that excitement. Um, I mean, I love the jewels. The guy has a hype, man. He's starting to talk. Like he should be marketable. That's a million dollar smile. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why it doesn't connect. I'm not, unlike we've done in previous episodes, or I've done in previous episodes, I'm not going to blame his promoter. I like Eddie Hearn. But maybe, like, access to the zone does hurt, right? Like, I I sat back and I watched him this this cycle go on the car wash, which is what we call it at ESPN, when you go on every show possible to um, promote whatever you have coming up. And he went on a car wash. He went on Stephen A's show. Um, He had a spot on SportsCenter. He had a spot on not first take, but whatever the one is before that, um, in the mornings. And I mean, he did all of these things. And I was like, I don't think I've seen him get as much notoriety as he's gotten for this, for this run. He got five times as much as Cambosis did on this run. He was by top rank, who's pretty much in a limited deal with him. They're treating him like he's here for the next 10 years. So I was like, yo, the, the kid got more, more, pub this run that he did his entire DAZN career. DAZN put him on fucking Jake Paul's fight, right? And it was a stinker on that card. Or Logan Paul, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, And it was just like, yeah, like it just never connected. So I think he just needs more eyes. He needs people to really be like, okay, this is what this kid is. And uh, he doesn't, he has a big social following, but they don't, they're not as rabid as Ryan's or Tank's. Tank social following is rabbit too, right? Like he sells out every building he's in, every building. People fucking show up for Tank. Ryan's a different level. Teofimo even has like a, a different level of buzz. He does more shit with influencers as well when his head's on, right? Uh, he attaches more to the kids. So I, I don't know, something was missing, but maybe I'll, these you, three fights in ESPN help. You want to know what the answer is? I'm going to give you the answer. It's an easy answer. I say it all the time. No country for a black fire. There's no country. And what I mean by that is... But Tank disproves that. No, 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 no. Here, no, here. no, no, no. Let me finish. Tank is a heel. Tank is controversial. Tank has domestic issues that we've seen. Tank, Tank is the bad guy. Devin Haney hasn't embraced that role. And because of that is what prevents him from being a star. It, it's, it's, that's why I say there's no country because, again, Canelo can do whatever he wants. Mexico's going to back Canelo. Manny Pacquiao could do whatever he wants. The Philippines are going to back Manny Pacquiao. Black fighters don't have a country. So if you're not the bad guy, people aren't paying to see you lose. They're not really paying to see you win either. So Devin is stuck in this spot where 
He doesn't talk enough. Granted, he's done the car wash, but if you li- he doesn't talk a lot. He talks some shit with Cambosis, but Cambosis led the charge in that trash-talking ordeal. He did. Jo- Devin doesn't do that, but it doesn't pay to be a good guy as a black fighter. Ask Sean Porter. Terrence, yeah. Crawford's, Terrence Crawford has that dog in him, but it's taken him so long to be a star because he doesn't show that persona in trash-talking. Not until recently that he really got on Twitter and started shit-talking everybody that people start paying attention to Terrence Crawford. Yeah, Errol Spence and, is kind of that same boat. It but looks Errol, like it's going to land him the Errol Spence fight in October. Right, and Errol Spence was a big big star until he flipped his fucking car over, and now people are more intrigued by Errol Spence. There is no controversy in Devin Haney, and that's the problem with Devin Haney. No. That's a weird thing to say. It is. Did you watch it's the... Um, horrible narrative, because he is very, you know, clean-cut. Him and Kriegel sit down, I thought, was, was cool. Kriegel went to his crib, and he was like, no yeah, like... This, He's like, nah, this multi-million dollar. Like, yeah, I got all these cars there, but like, if money goes tomorrow, like, who cares? He was like, I, I just like to box. I was just like, yeah. Did I you guess. watch the um the XXX documentary on Hulu? No. Okay. Is it really good? I it is good. Juice World. Okay. It, it's 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 better than Juice World. It's sad, right? But <laughs> they're all a sad, part, sir. All there's sad. a part. There's a part in it where it ex- explains how he became, in so many words, a superstar. And it was it came from that whole domestic issue with his ex-girlfriend. And when that shit came out, it, it, people started to listen to his music more. He was the heel. Now, granted, he was like that beforehand, but it was never about the music. Yeah, it was about his personality. It's never about the fighting. It's about the personality, because as I've said a billion times, anybody who's watched the Floyd Mayweather fight when Floyd became a superstar did not watch Floyd fight because they wanted to see him fight. They wanted yep. to see him lose. Devin has not. I hate to say figure that out because I don't want him to figure that out. I don't want him to go smack somebody up just <laughs> to get a fight, right? Like, I don't, I don't want him to have to do that. But that's where we're at in this world, and especially with viral stuff. Like, maybe with the promoters has handled Tank Davis by getting those knockouts. It makes him go viral. Devin ain't that kind of fighter. He'll, he, I don't think you ever will be. And if he does, I'll be like, damn, Devin, you had to go do that? But that's the world that we live in. Devin's going to be Andre Ward. Oof. Yeah, maybe. But Andre had the gap. So as long as Devin doesn't have the gap, we'll see, right? Yep. Ooh, like, people said Andre couldn't remember. Andre can't knock nobody out. Yeah, he's Andre Ward. Yeah. Like, he's, he's Andre Ward. And the man's going to the Hall of Fame next week. What, what am I to say? Undefeated. He's in Creed. Like, he has some, like, crossover. But did Andre Ward really hit his no, potential? No, he did not. We know he did. He retired undefeated. Nobody talks about it. No, not at all. So it's one of those things where it's like, man, there's, and it's great. And being undisputed is amazing, but so many people are undisputed now. Are you going to be the worst undisputed or not the worst, but like the least talked about undisputed champion? I don't know. Cause what, what cachet does it have if everyone else like, well, I guess we talk about this now, like we're Charlo undisputed, right? Like he, he's a bigger draw than Devin Haney. Is he right now? No, Maybe. I don't think so. People talk about Charlo's more. They talk, but people did watch the, the Haney Cambosis fight, like you said. No, they, they watched. Yeah, the numbers, the numbers are, are good. But yeah. he's Charlo's fringe pay-per-view. Fringe. They tried that shit. Oh no, Devin's pay-per-view. Well. Devin go back to the zone tomorrow. I don't know if he's pay-per-view. I mean, there's there's like, really there's really no such thing, right? Ultimately, Devin's undefeated. He beat the man who beat the man. He's He's a star. He's not a superstar yet. We got a lot 
to work on there. I mean, can he beat enough people to become a superstar? Yes, he can. He's can 23. No, no, I'm, I understand this. No, 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 I'm saying he's can 23. Can you still become a superstar in the ring yeah. without changing anything else? Yeah. Okay. You can. I mean, it question. takes a that, while. That's an honest question. Yeah. Like, what ends up happening is if Devin were to continue to win, right? If he, he started beating up on all your favorites, because Devin still has a little shit talking in him. A little bit. I mean, he has the best hype man in the game. Somebody going to shit talk for him. Well, His well, daddy shit talk. Everybody else will shit talk. But what it will end up happening is people are going to eventually want to see him lose because the thing about Devin Haney, he's been disrespected by so many people, they will continue to disrespect him. doesn't matter if he beats Tank. doesn't matter if he beats Ryan. Yeah. Everybody's going to say his style's not exciting. I want to see him lose, and this fucker just won't lose. And that's what will create the mystique of Devin Haney. He'll be, become a bigger star. But if he beats everybody, of course he would. Okay. He's 23. He's, 20, he's the only fighter. Him. Nope. Shakur age out of this list. Everybody ages out of this list next year, the 25 under 25 list, except for yeah, Devin Haney. Because T.O. ages out. Ryan stays. Nope. Ryan ages out. He's 24. Ryan's got a year on Devin. He'll, yeah, be, 24, he'll be 25 by June 1st, 2023. Really? Yes. Devin no, Haney. that is not true. Ryan Garcia's birthday is August 8th, 1998. He is 23 years old currently. Oh, wait, you're right. So he's the only he's the only other person. We got him behind Ryan. Him anyway. No, I know. Yeah. But I mean, Ryan um, would be on the list. Um, but no, everybody... and then, yeah, then you're going to I mean, you got to see what Keyshawn does. But he's so far behind. It, it's going to take a second for someone to catch him. Like, I don't even know why people aren't talking about it. he's 23 years old. in the Because they're all champion. like T.O. did it at 23. You call him whatever the fuck you want. But he beat the man who. Vacated a title, I guess. I don't know. This this between everybody in the WBC. This ain't between me. The man had the belt. He fought Teofimo. He lost. Teofimo did it at twenty three. Tank is a star at twenty. He was a star at twenty five. He's now twenty seven. Like they're they're all ridiculously young, all of them. Again, if you were the lone person doing it, it'd make it feel special, right? They're all that age, crushing shit, and we can say what we want, but. At 135, you give me those four and Loma versus everybody else, and they beat everyone. And yeah. some of them probably beat Loma. That's true. You've seen right. one beat Loma. So, like, you're, you're not special anymore. You got to do something else to be special because all your peers are also young. They're also achieving shit super young. They're, they're doing everything you're doing. What sets you apart? It ain't the mouthpiece. Nah, we'll see. I guess belts don't matter. Uh, not as much as they, not as much as people think. Uh, Floyd was never undisputed. No, he was. So what? What does it? What does it really matter, right? And then uh, some of the other news, real quick. Teofimo looks like he's going to have his return fight in August. Pedro Campa, all right, sure. Yeah, Warm Blake up. seems there. Um, Charlo, big Charlo, Paul Charlo got hurt. No uh, Juneteenth fight. Which Dre? First thing I thought about was you. It's like my man deserves an off day. Or Lisa. My uh, wife's birthday. I ain't watching that shit. No way. That's what I'm saying. It's the wife's birthday. Leave Dre the hell alone. Yes. Hopefully you throw some sort of cookout. <laughs> I can just swoop through and uh and eat at your crib. Um, I still got to do the bitter beef be at a fight. So what am I? I'm talking shit for no reason. Ryan Garcia versus Fortuna. You okay with the opponent? It seems sure. as though, like, who who the hell else was he gonna fight? Jojo, I mean, maybe. Yeah, he's got to fight somebody, and Oscar's, like, targeting a tank fight in November, sure, Oscar. It's true, Al Heyman doesn't like you. He no, he doesn't, doesn't want to give you any money. 
and that's more of a personal grudge than anything. Anthony Joshua, new trainer. Robert Garcia. Robert Garcia. Good fit? I don't know. Um, that's not like Anthony Joshua is a young cat anymore, right? Like, What can you learn in this time? It's, it's what can you learn and what are you going to do to offset Alexander Usyk in the rematch? What looks like it's going to be in August now. Hot as fucking Saudi Arabia. That's crazy. But you go. Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm going to be in studio with producer Cole, baby. Nice and nice and air conditioned. I'll be out there riding the camel like a motherfucker. <laughs> Can't Make sure man. you sunscreen on the dome piece. Yeah, man, I can't get that sunburn on my head. Oh, my God. Oh, no, anyway, but the fact he's got a new trainer, Robert Garcia, means that, I mean, I believe that AJ is more dedicated to this rematch. And I think he thought that his size and power would get through Usyk and it just didn't work. And he, now he's seen what he had to offer. It's really up to Robert Garcia of how much of that tape that he watched and said, OK, we need to adjust this, use the jab more. You got to be busier. I just don't know if he can get through to him. And I guess we'll see when that fight happens. Bad, uh, bad habits break hard. You know, like every everybody got a plan. So they get punched in the face. And then uh, Spence Crawford working on a deal for October in Vegas. Think he gets done? Yeah. I think there's there's no reason that this fight doesn't get done. Uh, it has to happen. Biggest fight of the year, right? Like left. Yeah, I mean, Canelo and Triple G is still a big-ass fight. But, yes, this is the big fight. This is bigger than that, right? Like, okay. Making yeah. sure. Yeah. Because Eddie um, Hearn doesn't seem to agree with that. I'm like, I mean, Eddie, like, come no, on, Eddie. Sorry, ain't nobody listening, Eddie. Can that one coming off a loss? Come on, Eddie. Look, I've already had people, I'm not going to say any names, it's pretty prominent names in the music industry texting me about going to Spence Crawford. Oh, man. immediately. People, our entire comment section at Ringside is, oh, I'm booking my flights. I'm there. Yeah. Give me what week? Huge, I'm just like, damn. Huge, huge fight. If they do that shit like Halloween week, um man hopefully it's no there's some weird shit in october like hopefully it's not the same week as like the festival downtown something like that like you piggyback don't make me choose nah shit it's, it's a big fight fight fans gonna go for this but i want to as we as we get to this because you mentioned Alexander Usyk, the monster nayo inouye absolutely annihilated <laughs> Donito donaire in the rematch first fight super competitive Right. Even though NY won, people were like, damn, Donaire's still standing after 12. Shit. He still got something left in the tank. Donaire goes and wins the, the WBC title. Still looks like he's got some shit in the tank. They have this rematch. NY obliterates him in two rounds. Now, I say this because with Canelo's loss, NY's win, pound for pound just got really fucking complicated. Who is the number one pound for pound fighter in the world? At this, at this very moment. Alexander Usyk is my number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. That's who I voted for on my latest ESPN rankings. Um, I've been voting for him for about four months now. You are undisputed in a weight class. You have three of the four belts at heavyweight. A weight where it's not just going up seven pounds. It's not going up 14 pounds like Canelo tried to do, right? Like it's, it's not doing or 12 pounds, whatever Canelo tried to jump and couldn't handle it. No, like you go from 200 to fighting a guy who's 250 and winning belts. Like that's a 50 pound gap. Like we're not asking Devin Haney, like, hey, you just went at 135. You want to go fight someone who's 185? Like we, we don't do that in any other weight class. Like it sounds ridiculous, right? 
this is what you do at heavyweight, going from cruiserweight to heavyweight. To have seven of the eight belts in those two divisions, you're pretty damn good. So you're number one. The list starts after that. And then today my vote was for NOI to be number two. Crawford just hasn't been active enough. Like, yeah. and again, I love the resume. I love everything. He's been undisputed. The argument's always, he doesn't even have close fights. Uh, you know, in a way, like, he's had close fights. The first fight with Donaire was close. You know, he's he's been busted up a little bit. Terrence Crawford hasn't even been challenged. He, man's like 33. He hasn't been challenged in his career. No one's gotten close to beating Terrence Crawford. But, um, yeah, give me, in a way, number two, Crawford, three, four, I had Canelo, five, I had Errol Spence. That was my top five. Uh, I flipped. Wait, yeah, no, that's my list too. Um, yeah, I saw people was like, NY should be number one. And I was like, well, until NY fights Stephen Fulton, who just had a great victory against Daniel Ramon, then we, we have to a real put at number 10. Huh? He has my 10th spot Fulton? for 11 days. Yeah, I had to give him respect. It's 11 days because Bitter BM is probably going to win and get that belt. And yeah. Arthur is back in there. But I gave, him, I gave him the spot. I wholly, wholeheartedly disrespected Josh Taylor because I gave Fulton the last spot. But Taylor lost that last fight. Like, my eyes told me he lost. I don't care what belts you got. Like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, Catterall beat you. Um, but uh, <laughs> NOI's victory, I know I saw a lot of people was like, he's number one pound for pound. And, Kel, this is where I just 100% agree with you. Alexander Usyk cleaned out the cruiserweight division, went to heavyweight. It's not like he just had one fight. He had to fight Jer- Derek Chisora, who still wore Chisora. He beat him. Yep. And then he went in there and beat Anthony Joshua. And you say what you want. Anthony Joshua has the best resume of current heavyweights, including Tyson Fury. I didn't say wins, said resume. He fought everybody. Yep. Nobody dominated Usyk. I mean, uh, Joshua like Alexander Usyk did. Nobody. Not even come close. Like he got lost. He lost to Andy Ruiz by like a flash knockout, right? And then he came out and then just completely outpointed him in the rematch. Usyk went out there and outboxed him and then buzzed him late in the fight as well, being a smaller fighter. Yep. NOI, he's got to win another belt in another weight class for me to even consider him over Usyk. Now, if Usyk loses to Joshua, whole another conversation in the rematch. But right now... Listen, undisputed gets him a little closer. So if his next fight is undisputed, which it should be, cool. You're you're inching closer. But yeah, no, you got to go up. Hopefully Fulton becomes undisputed. He really should. You beat the two hardest guys in the division already. Let the man have the belt. Akman Liev is a very tough out for Fulton. Um, I don't know if he's any harder than Daniel oh, he Bond was. He is. He's absolutely eight, eight, yeah, he's absolutely better. Um, but it's a good fight. But regardless, NOI is in a situation where yeah, he's gotta he's gotta move up and wait. I he doesn't catch Usyk unless Usyk loses. Right now it's Usyk's spot to lose. He's unless the Tito right now. Yeah, there's only gotta, one there's only one. If Terrence Crawford went in there and wiped out Errol Spence Jr., well, then we have a different conversation to have. No, Terrence Crawford, if he beats Errol Spence Jr. Yeah. in any fashion, he's number one. Well, because he is the first two division undisputed champion yeah, you're right. in the history of boxing. You're right. He well, already did it at boy. 140. He is you're number right. one. You're right. <laughs> Automatically. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Because yeah. even if Alexander Usyk beats Anthony Joshua, if matter. Terrence Crawford goes in there and beats Errol Spence, yep. who has never lost a fight, and it hasn't necessarily been close either. 
No. If he does that, if he beats Spence, man, Art is the winner. If Errol Spence wins, does he pass Usyk though? Because Errol no. Spence is no, no, because he still only ever done it at one forty-seven. But has a title at one thirty-five. He's undisputed at one forty, and then he would go in there, clean out Errol Spence at one forty-seven. Man, I don't know if Errol Spence knocked out Terence Crawford. It looked impressive. Uh, yeah, he I then got to go to one fifty-four. There's a you lot of things that have to clear out 154. There's a but, lot. It, it depends on Usyk and how he looks against Joshua. Obviously, Canelo's fighting Triple G. Errol and Terrence are fighting. In a while, we will see who he fights next. Um, it should be, by all accounts, it looks like he's going to have his chance at Undisputed. Yeah. And I mean, he's a monster. They call him the monster. He's a fucking monster. There's no doubt about it. That right hand he hit Donair with, my God. Recently, like, like, don't you could tell. You could tell about. 90 seconds in that fight, Donaire got hit and his eyes got big. And it's it's always something when a fighter gets hit and their eyes get big, because that means, oh shit, I didn't know this motherfucker hit me like this. What do I do now? And <laughs> don't there was nowhere nowhere for Donaire to run. Itawai was just on his head. I don't know, man. The monster's a savage, but I, I will not put him number one pound for This pound. is the best you. top 10 list I've I've seen in a long time. Like, you, you go through, like, years, you go, like, all right, you get to, like, eight, nine. Like, Juan Manuel Marquez was, like, top ten for a very long time. And you're like, yo, this guy, I just saw this guy lose. Like, like yeah. but, he, you know, you you hang around and all this stuff. I had to bump Loma from my top ten. It's like, sir, you're not fighting. And no, you're not. You got a pretty recent loss. Like, Shakur Stevenson is the only person with two belts in my top ten. Oh, no, him and Fulton at that. So right now you gotta be unified to even crack my top ten. Yep. Like to even get close, and I have an undisputed champion that's not even in my top ten. Like that's mind boggling. Yep. And I and Tyson Fury, who might be the greatest boxer on the planet, probably is. You put anyone in the ring against Tyson Fury, they're losing, just due to sheer size, skills, everything. Right? Like nobody's beating Tyson Fury, and he's six. Because I just can't justify putting him any higher. <laughs> like, Yo. he's the best fighter on the planet. The bottom line is Canelo losing. Fuck this list up, right? Oh it was like <laughs> Canelo was like, "Ah, oh, it's easy. As long as Canelo keeps winning, he ain't never losing that top spot." They Fuck always lost. The yeah. number one always loses. Like you look through, and you'd be like, "Yo, man, Floyd lost the number one spot without losing." Well, yeah, that was based off activity because Manny yeah. Pacquiao was just murdered. Man went to prison. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao took the number one spot. You know, and then. Even then, Andre Ward took the number one spot for a little while. Over Floyd. When Floyd is active. Like, Ward had it. Um, Kovalev had it at a period of time. There's, there's been, like, a bunch of number ones. That should be, like, it's so fluid all the time. So, it, we'll, it, we'll see. Devin yeah. Haney crept into my top ten. I had to put yeah, Haney sure. at seven. So, I want before we get out of here, I want to leave on this note. Uh, this is... This could end up being one of the biggest years in boxing history in terms of the sport being alive. Yeah. In terms of, because it's not dominated by one fighter. Like people look at the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. It was like, it's huge, but this is not what I'm talking about. This is a calendar year where we are going to get, we got Serrano and Taylor. Yep. We've crowned new undisputed champions. Like women's boxing is on the rise. Yes. We, we're, it looks like we're against Spence versus Crawford. We're getting mm-hmm. Canelo triple G three. We're getting Usyk and Joshua. We just got Tyson Fury. Yeah. 
this might be the biggest year that boxing has ever had in terms of the total health of the sport. And people shit on, on it all they want. Jake Paul comes back and fights Tommy Fury. That shit could be huge. If, if Tommy Fury's the guy and they put that at Wembley, Jake Paul at Wembley, like that could be a huge fucking fight on August 13th. That's what I'm saying. I don't think we've ever seen the sport this healthy. No, in so we- many different things. Heavyweights, lighter weights, women, fucking people who aren't ranked at all, just celebrity bot. Like that's, that's what I'm saying. We've never seen anything like this. Like we have we have current stars, Canelo. We are grooming the next stars, Tank, Ryan, Devin. We are women's boxing is finally getting the respect that it deserves. And we're getting the fights that we want to see. If anybody argues that boxing is dead, I'll smack you in the fucking face. Because it's not. We're getting Michaela Mayer versus Bumgarner. That's what I'm, like, that's like, what I'm saying. We're that's getting Clarissa Shields and Savannah, Savannah Marshall. Marshall. Like the we, only woman to ever beat her. Clarissa is going to the UK to fight Savannah Marshall. If September if, 3rd. There are MMA people have argued for years that the reason why the UFC is better than boxing is because you get the fights that you want. Not this year, people, because you're not getting Ngannou versus John Jones. You haven't gotten a lot of the fights that you've wanted to see, but you know what boxing has done? They have given you all the fights that you want to see. And plus more. Yep. Imagine Ryan and Tank happen to pull some shit off and they fight in December. It's crazy. It's crazy. You can get Loma versus Haney in December. Like, there's wild shit. There's so many matchups still to come. You can get some weird shit. Conor McGregor say, you know what? Fuck this. I want to fight Jake Paul if he wins. And fights Jake Paul in December. You don't know what happens. Like, boxing's so unpredictable. There's so many people on top. So many different just must-see matchups. Our schedule between August and October is going to be stupid. Yeah, that's just boxing. In terms of fights. like, And that's without the UFC, without pro wrestling, which I'm sure is... I mean, beginning of September, AEW is going to have a big week, right? Like, we have SummerSlam coming up with WWE. We have, there's so much. And just boxing is just fucking thriving we picked a good time to be in combat sports man you know yeah we did. They have this little thing called a podcast so i'm excited i'm leaving the show on a happy note thank you because it started off i was very pissed off at that hip-hop list and rolling stone so uh boxing has me energetic we appreciate everyone for listening as always hopefully we're back in studio soon um take a test later on tonight hopefully this rona is gone the hell away from me because all that i've been doing is sitting in the house working and playing cole and madden um shout out to our madden league where i'm just crushing people i don't want to talk about Kadarius tony oh it's all right he got injured cole it's it's a sad day i don't want to talk about Kadarius tony <laughs> everybody everybody <laughs> got a chance but i'm whooping ass in that league so <laughs> that that's been our past two weeks can't wait to get back out there again to the studio um everyone at blue wire studios thank you for holding it down as always in there if you guys are in town, when even if we're not there in the next week, but stop by the win, check out some of the other shows. It is amazing. In the meantime, follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. You can follow our YouTube Corner Podcast. You see a bunch of videos, a bunch of cool interviews. They're still rolling out. Tons of pro wrestling interviews. Thank you guys for everyone for supporting those. We appreciate those as well. Man, it's been one hell of a show. Till next time, though, we're out. Peace. No baby. Baby. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.